We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Jack Ramsey's podcast. I'm your host, Danny Ring, joined as always by Brandon Sprague. First of all, thank you all. Appreciate you. Uh, if you're watching uh, the replay here on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel. If you're listening along on the podcast, like, rate, review, subscribe, help us grow the channel. Uh, we are doing exponentially better than I ever imagined, uh, and that it's all very much thanks to you guys. And Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, and this is kind of one of the things I like to do to help kind of grow the community, uh, along with Brandon, is do these mailbag pods. We do these once a week. We try to record them on Sunday night and post them on Monday morning so they are available for you uh, as schedule permits. Uh, so without further ado, let's get into it because we have a truckload of questions mr sprague let's do it man all right the first one is from dylan mckinnon shout out the uh the, the old co-worker home at nbc how much longer does dame's poor start have to linger for him to miss the all-star game oh i you know what's funny is his stats would say that this is a real thing i think mm-hmm. unfortunately his stature is too big i don't think he He's misses the all-star it? game yeah see i would I would push back in this sense. I mean, Yao Ming was a starter in the All-Star game, mainly because of the voting system. Mainly because of China. Just say, like, there's a lot that goes into the reputation. I think Dame is in. And this is what's going to be very, 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 very interesting. Who is having a superb season on a small market team? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. At that position? Uh Uh-huh. Very young. Small market team. Well... Are you going Memphis? Yes, I am. See, here's my thing with Memphis, though. Um, Portland's record is right there with Memphis. Okay, and this is where the competition is going to come up. Is is Jaws Q rating, has he gained enough popularity among the fan bases to get him that spot? Because that's the only way he's going to get it, because the coaches are going to put Dame in. Yeah, well, yeah, that's my point, is if Dame doesn't get the vote, he's for sure going to get in by the coaches. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, I, I think a lot of people that really follow basketball love to watch Jaw and know how deadly and dangerous Jaw can be. I don't know if his overall popularity is enough to overtake guys like Dame. You obviously aren't taking or touching Steph. So yeah, I don't I don't think it's quite there for people outside of the diehard NBA bubble. It's really interesting because we're we're getting to that point in his career where Dame was uh as, as a young player when he didn't make an all-star team a couple different times. Right. And so I start looking at, you know, who's, who's up in the, in the top running right now. Uh, when you look at 
um, the conferences, right? And now, the East actually is loaded with a lot of guards now because of how things are set up. But you look at the West, so t- mileage may vary as far as guard standings. Uh, I would call Steph and Jaw guards. Luca, that gets a little dicier. But Donovan Mitchell is having a monster season. Devin Booker is having a Devin Booker-ish season. Anthony mm-hmm. Edwards, I think, is another guy you may see throw his hat in the ring. Depends on what the Timberwolves do. Yeah. And then you look at Dame Shea. Um, CJ scoring is right there, but De'Aaron Fox. And I think you pretty much lose it there. It's 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 very 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 top heavy. You didn't have Russ there. <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> Here's the thing. This is what's really stupid. Russ probably yeah. makes a team on votes. Uh, we'll see about that. He, well, I don't think the He's Lakers. He's very popular, will... I know, but we'll I don't see. know. I don't know if the Laker fans hate him enough yet. Uh I wouldn't be shocked if they did. We're getting there. It's we're not very. We might be a game or two away from it being there. Like it's been that shaky and rough a start. Hmm. I just it, it that, that you don't group, think it has been that, for him? No, the fan base that they they've gone through this with every team. Whether it's been Danny, the Rockets, he hit a shot clock on a basic jump shot in the middle of a game. I know, and he also left one like six feet short and six feet right. Like it's listen, the, that fan base is like ride or die Russ. Not not the Lakers, but the Russ fans, and it's all there's a lot of them. See, I'm a Russ fan too, but like I can always separate or be honest about situations, and so and these for people like, can't. Well, then. Those are sick of fans. Those we, aren't even fans. Those are sick of fans. Yeah, we, we saw this in uh, Houston. And then we saw it again in Washington. And now we're seeing it again in L.A. And it's yeah, it's very much Carmelo Anthony in the sense of he can do no wrong. It's everybody else around him. It's the situation. They aren't doing enough to protect him or put him in the right position. It's like it's no longer his fault. You know, to the jaw point as well, um, it, you know, if jaw came in with the buzz that Zion did, we would be talking about some different things, I think, with the way his career has gone, yes. whereas Zion came in with so much. And look, when he plays, you can't argue with the efficiency and kind of what he's been, but that's the thing is he he, he has not largely played. He's been yeah. hurt a ton. We don't know when he's coming back this year. And yet, because of the buzz, some people throw out the buzz stuff, but we largely just kind of overlook players who were picked right after him. Mm-hmm. And Ja is absolutely one of those. Like, again, I think most people that follow the league know how good he is. But if he had come in with the same amount of hype as Zion and made that more of a should they take Ja or should they take Zion, I think we would be talking Ja even more than we do. If I told you that Ja leads the league in scoring at the rim, would you believe it? Yeah, I could believe that. He does right now. Yeah, he's an aggressive player. He's got incredible athleticism. 16 a game, more than Giannis. Terrifying that's, for a dude who's six foot one, 190 pounds. Yeah, I was going to say, that's pretty crazy. I still could believe it, but that's still pretty crazy to put it in that perspective. When you think honest. about the physical profiles between him yeah. and Giannis and how they how they go about things, that's incredible. Um, but I, I think we're, we're at the point where Dylan's question is not insane. As far as, like, could you see Dane possibly fall out? Right now, no. Just because I think a lot of the... the, the, the 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 guard talent is very heavy in the Eastern Conference, uh-huh. but I think it's the matter of time as far as like the the next group up. Dame being in his tenth year, that's what kind of starts to happen around like year twelve, year thirteen. You get old. <laughs> the thirty two year old season is usually kind of the marker, uh, and Dame's two years away from that. So uh, enjoy it while you can, Portland fans. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. 
Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Uh, Scott, at Scott PTB30, the outcome of the Olshay investigation. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's a crossroads moment for this franchise. Can you put championships, championship odds of the next three seasons for both scenario? Neil is no longer the GM, and Neil keeps his job. Mm. That's, a, that's, that's a great question. It's a, it's a big one. Championship odds with Neil and without Neil. Um, you know, I, I'm kind of one of the Looney Tunes that thinks he's going to make a move if he keeps his job. Now, is it the, the mm. move? No. That's up for debate. It could be the secondary move, but I think he's going to make one. Championship odds with Neil, I will go Blazers at 20 to 1 in the next three years. I think Blazers odds without Neil 
I'd go 15 to one. Still really tough. You have to acquire the right pieces in a trade. You have to remind yourself you're in Portland. So even if you get a player friendly general manager and coach, that still doesn't mean you're going to attract a whole lot of talent that's going to swing the fences in your in your way in the Western Conference. But I do think they get slightly better just because as many people that were believers that Terry's time had run out, I think we've it run past the expiration date for the Neil stuff. And I just think a new voice and a new perspective would be beneficial for the team. I, I'm going to agree with the general take. I'm going to adjust the odds. Okay. 30 to 1 with Neil, 10 to 1 without. 10 to 1 is, I mean, you're talking about a top three contender in the NBA with those odds. And I think. Because Brooklyn is at, they were around 10 to 1. If you want to, if you want to fuss and say 11 or 12 to 1, it's fine. But I think they're in that range, and that's because I think making a, a big-time move, like acquiring a Ben Simmons and fundamentally shifting things around, which will not happen with Neil here, uh, your top-end talent changes so much that this team lucked their way into a Western Conference Finals run, which you need a fair amount of talent to do. But if the top-end talent changes enough and you address the things that are, are the biggest issues, size, athleticism, point of attack, defense, hello, Ben Simmons, right. uh, then you unlock Damian Lillard for the first time in his career outside of 2015. And I think that at least on paper you have to go, Let's let's say that in that weird world because we're gonna get some. Uh, there's a bunch of trade questions here about Yusuf Nurkic in here. Let's say you basically send out CJ Cove Nurk, and you and a pile of picks and one of the young guys, and you get back Ben Simmons, Miles Turner, and Justin Holiday. It's just kind of rounded about, and you have a lineup of Dame, Norm, Simmons, Nance, uh, Turner, and you've got Ant, Zeller, Holiday off the bench and find somebody else to kind of stick in there for as another wing, right? So they have traded Nas at this point. I, I think that that's what it would end up being. So there's a question about this, and I think it's worthy of a debate. Which one Which one gets sent out, Ant or Nas? Yeah. Yeah. I know, I know where you're going to lean, and I know you're going to make a lot of statistical sense and just big picture argument. I get it. But, man, it, he's been looking better the last couple weeks, Nas, and the mm -hmm. impact is great, and it's a position that this team has – Swung, swung hard for and had missed some okay wildly, play, but missed, but missed very badly. So, I don't know. I've, I've been trying to think of the the ceilings of both, mm -hmm. and I think you could easily say Ant's ceiling is higher. But I could also see an argument that if Nas maybe gets even more burn another off season, mm -hmm. you could see maybe some development going to the point where you go, well, maybe that's pretty damn close to what Ant's is. And that's the decision I think you kind of have to make is. Over the next two years, what's more important? Right. That additional development, which both guys are going to have, or the long-term play. Yeah. I'm in the, the mode of right now for the next two years. Is there, a, is there a point, though, with the trading where you look at it and say, I don't want to give up those young assets. I value them too much in the future. Can you get the right pieces without having if to you, move? I would rather I give up the picks. Because I, uh, having, yeah, I would having rather the give up picks all day. Having the, the controlled picks. guys with things that you yes. know, yeah, I think makes more sense. It is so much better than going into the crapshoot outside of the top seven of the NBA draft mm -hmm. and saying, I hope we hit on somebody. Um, you're not really in that position as an organization anymore. Like That's why the Zach Collins thing for some people was kind of like, really? With CJ and Damien at this, this age, this level, we're going to go with Zach Collins, a developmental big who may or may not 
be able to hang. Like that's why that move was questionable aside from the talent that was picked behind him. Yeah, drafting a guy that came off the bench in college and played 20 games. Right. Um, so I just, I think you're kind of past the draft stuff yes. with the Dame era. And so in that regard, and, and listen, if either one of those guys, Ant or Nas gets traded, I'm going to be disappointed because I, I love watching the young guys. Develop. I'm with you. There, I'm with you there. hundred percent. But if they do get moved, as long as they go to an organization that's not a complete shit show, then they're going to get real opportunities. I'm going to be happy for them. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's the thing. Like it's at the end of the day, it's a business. I am going to pull for those guys. Uh, I am always going to you know root for them and 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 watch their development and and keep my eye on them whether they're here or somewhere else. But as long as yeah. they're not sent to a purgatory organization, then it's it's going to suck less. You know, it's going to be like. Eh, but don't you want a don't you want a big name Mo? I do. I do want a Mo Bamba. What if they want an Anthony Simons to come back home? Listen, it's kind if, of a purgatory. And, and Nas are both Florida guys. There you go. Just saying. If either one of them, even if that organization was bad, but they wanted to be home again, go with God, young man. Yeah. So, um, the, the Neil keeps his job. I don't want to think about that. Uh, I, I'm mentally preparing myself. I, I know. I know. Um, Next question, Bradstreet Racing at Bob Bradstreet. Have we had any minutes this year with Dame at the one, Norman the two, Nas at the three, and either Nance or Rocco at the four, and Nurk at the five? And I was sorting through the lineup data, and I was like, hmm, let me take a look. And, of course, I refreshed, and I lost my filters. God damn it. <laughs> I'm so irritated. Let me, let me add them back to it. Yeah. Uh, Dame, Norm. I need to make sure I have CJ off. And then Nurk, and that should help me filter out the possible lineups. So, Dame Norm Nurk, there's there's five different lineup combinations of that can that have Dame Norm Nurk and don't have CJ on the floor. They have played a combined sixty two possessions. They are a plus forty six point eight. Jeez. <laughs> How do we not have that play more? Um, they are in the 100th percentile in points per possession, yes. effective field goal percentage, turnover rate, free throw rate. They are in the 98th percentile defensively uh, in points per possession, 91st percentile in defensive field goal percentage, and in the 100th percentile in keeping opponents off the glass. How many possessions do you go, or do you think coaches look at something oh, they'd and see go... Their stuff. Well, but okay. So you see this stuff, and does it? I mean, how often does it switch tendencies or thought process? Oh, you need to have enough. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But back it up. But, but, and the the, the lineup that he's that that Mister Bradstreet here is asking for is the Dame Norm Nas Cub Nurk. The the other ones. Uh, there's only this is the only lineup that has Norm of the two. The others have uh, Norm at the three with Ant at the two. Yeah. And in this regard, um, the top lineup here with most possessions has 49 possessions. And it's Dame, Ant, uh, Norm, Cove, Nurk. Huh. That's interesting. Hmm. Uh, it is a plus 60.9. Wow. Pretty pretty good offensive rating. That's pretty damn amazing. Um, again, limited sample size. It's going to yep. affect a ton. But... It's like having somebody who doesn't ball stop quite as much <laughs> makes the offense a little bit better. It's almost like we've seen this and known it for three or four years now. 
Yeah. Um, and I was looking back through and uh, looking at um, assist rates for the team and Ants, I think, in like the 80th percentile for, for twos right now. So, yeah. Um, good times. But, no, to answer the question overall, that lineup has very, very limited. I think it's five possessions uh, with the the preferred um, trade CJ lineup, I think, is what it would be. Uh, minus, of course, a Ben Simmons in there. And, uh, yeah, there. One thing I've noticed from Chauncey, he's been very reticent to to have two, or it could be all three of Norm, Nance, and Nurk. It could be uh, Nance, Cove, and Nurk on the floor at the same time. And I think that's because injuries, overlap, minutes, all that kind of thing. Like you're putting kind of all your defensive big bigs in one basket, and it's. I don't know if necessarily you're gonna get a ton out of that. As far no. as like overlapping skill sets, because none yeah. of them are so good at covering up the other we- others' weaknesses that it makes sense. Right. Uh, I've seen a lot of well, Cov can play the three and Nance can play the three. No, they can't. No, they, can't. no they don't quite have that. No. Listen, Nance getting switched onto an island and taking on a possession or two here or there, cool, totally yeah. doable, very allowable. That's the NBA. That's the whole point of like being switchable. Consistently doing it for twenty plus minutes a night is a bad thing. That's, you don't mm-hmm. you don't want to see that, um, and it's not like a shot at dance. He's just that's not what he does well. So you don't right. want to put him in that position. Um, but I would be interested to see Chauncey try a little bit of this. Just yeah, a little bit. Uh, I do wonder. I I wouldn't go Rocco at the four in this lineup. I would go with Nance because with Dame and Norm and Nas, you're limiting your playmaking. You got yeah. a lot of play enders. Like their usage rates for, for Norm and Nas are basically uh, their decision trees are shoot ball or attack closeout, then shoot ball. Right. Like, right. but that's 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 what they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that one's. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. That one's a little weird. Uh, and this is another question follow-up here from, from uh, Brad Seat Racing. Is it just me, or does it seem like Ant's minutes are starting to decline a bit as when the games are close, you're going to play Dame, CJ, and Norm, and he's not getting that normal fourth quarter run as CJ doesn't come out of the game in the fourth quarter like he does in the second? Yeah. So the Blazers are, are doing things differently. Chauncey is doing things differently right now as it pertains to rotations and minute crunches. And gone are the, we're just going to play it by ear, and we're going to keep Damon CJ's minutes down because all of a sudden reality hit the coaching staff and the team <laughs> in the face and said, holy crap, if we don't play these guys 40 minutes a night, we're going to lose. Right. So, with that being said, the crunch has been put on Ant, Nurk, Zeller. Nurk and Zeller because they're more traditional bigs. Ant because he's being squeezed by the guys making the most money on the team. Yeah. Where does that leave space for for minutes to be available? At the three and the four. What does Nas play? Three and the four. So, this is where we sit right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, and talking to, to guys around the team, and one of the things that has been said is that things have been a little bit differently. Ant has said himself that he needs to be more aggressive in points. Uh, but for him, it's just about keeping a mindset. 
I have a reeling suspicion that you'll see him start to be a bit more aggressive as the minutes start to stabilize as far as like the rotations. And this is what you and I have talked about so much. Consistency uh, in rotation. Like knowing what to expect night in and night out. Yep. Ant got some extended burn the other night. Running running the team, basically. As Dave yeah. and CJ were knocking down shots off ball, coming off down screens, and Ant was kind of creating for guys. And Chauncey left him out there a lot longer. I think he did that one because those two guys were hot and it allowed them to maybe conserve some energy while Ant was the initiator, but also knowing in the back of his head, hey, come fourth quarter, I'm not going to be able to get Ant minutes. So front load the hell out of him. If you can, get production out of the other guys with Ant as a creator. Let him take the creator burden so those early minutes don't weigh heavier on Ant. Or excuse me, the earlier minutes don't weigh heavier on Damon CJ. And they've got more gas when they're playing 40 a night. So I, I think I looked back and he had 16 two games ago. That got bumped up to 22. Mm-hmm. Now, he, he's still efficiency-wise from the field, didn't shoot or have a great night in that regard. But I think what you saw was Chauncey see a guy still making an impact on some level mm-hmm. and saying, I'm going to keep trusting this guy. I'm going to need him to help give my wings a, a blow here. And, and here's the other element of this. I think the unfortunate part for, uh, for Ant is, and sometimes Nas, this happens to him, um, the log jam that you have at the guard position mm-hmm. where you're already starting three, you add Ant as a fourth. And while his minutes have been a little different, and some of that is off of his production going down a little bit, I think the real problem is you just have too many. Mm-hmm. And so this is where when we talk about a trade, you go acquire an asset that addresses an issue that you do need to recognize, and it may open things up even better for your current logjam problem at the guard position. I think that's unfortunately yeah. for Ant. He just has to keep taking advantage of the time he gets. And hopefully Chauncey can keep him somewhere in this 22 to 20-ish range. I wouldn't like to see his minutes drop below that. Um, and then they can make a move at some point once this investigation wraps with the old guy or with the new guy. Because I think that's an, uh, that's what Ant is kind of having to look forward to is doing what I can in these minutes I'm given. Yes. Because right now the logjam is just going to unfortunately pull me back in some of these games. Ant's very existence on the team means there's a minutes crunch because there's four guys and three of those four guys are getting 30 plus minutes and if you look at it that means there's let's be realistic each of those guys is getting 35 a night right now which means there's 13 26 26 total minutes between the one and the two Mm -hmm. and norm's gonna slide down and eat a little bit of that too so it gets down to like that 22, 23 minutes because Norm doesn't play all of his minutes at the three because Nasir Little's got to get in and get some minutes, right? And Tony right. Snell's got to slide in and get some minutes. So, and this is again, like having a four guard rotation is too much at the one and two. Having a three guard rotation, good. Four, not good. Having right. a, a, a backup point guard emergency kind of guy, great. Like mm-hmm. if, like if, like, if the four-guard rotation included Dennis Smith Jr. sneaking in some point guard minutes for, like, eight or ten a night, then I think you're doing it well. I think you're doing it right then. But because you've got basically five, when you throw him in there, it's, it starts to get a little bit sideways. But, yeah, there, there is a minutes crunch there for, for the general idea, and they are it, it is something that's there, and Ant is just trying to deal with it. Uh, yeah. Manage it, and again, he's another guy who's in a contract here. Uh, and I think the thing that you'll see from him is part of his adjustment so far over the last couple games is trying to figure out because of who he's playing with and how they're going about things and how those mixed units are a little bit different. 
Now, how does he go about initiating the offense and getting his own shot still? How does he find that new balance? Because he knew the unit that he had coming into this season, and that group looked really good. Looked yeah. really, really, really good to start the year. And now there's a little bit of an adjustment, and he's just got to figure that out. So I also see a young guy who, when he's given the opportunity, isn't pouting and moaning about how many minutes he's getting. He understands that he can only control so much of this, and some of his play, some of his contract potential is going to come through the idea of um, high ceiling. You know, yes. teams are going to look at this and maybe not see the stats that they necessarily want to see to give, I don't know, 16 to $19 million a year for him. But what they're going to have to say is he's what, a, a 6'4"? Would you say he's 6'4", even though yeah. they still, I think, list him? What do they list him at? 6'3", 6'4"? They didn't list him at 6'3", but yeah, he's taller than both. 6'4", so let's just say 6'4". They're going to see an athletic 6'4 guy that when he did get his run um, still kind of went on team first and was able to contribute in some way offensively. And Oh, by the way, putting together a good little run as a defensive player, uh, at least on this roster. Mm -hmm. And you don't see him pouting and moaning and posting to social media about, Oh, I finally got my run. And he could have done that. He's a young player who has earned more time than he's been given so far, but I, li I like his work ethic and I like his kind of quiet nature in that regard. Oh, and he's also one of the best catch and shoot three point shooters in the league. Oh, that helps. That never hurts. <laughs> ben Mclemore still catching checks on, on a couple of years ago. So <laughs> yes, he um, is. Yeah, I I think Ann will figure it out. So uh, Wayne Hughes at reading the water. Wouldn't you think a trade would have to be made? First of all, I've thought that for six years. So yeah. let's go ahead. Let's, let's put that little caveat on this. <laughs> Given Nurk and Rocco contracts and the unbalanced roster, that just adds to this, and this is actually just kind of like resetting what we saw in 2015. It's the same kind of situation. Um, they, Jody and whoever, have to know this is not a championship team. They don't care. Uh, guess I should not just cheer if they make the playoff and expect nothing more. Yeah, I mean, to that, I, Wayne, I, I'd say... Um... Not that you haven't been here, but kind of welcome to our party. <laughs> of, I, I like having a playoff team. I understand the argument of teams that don't get there for a long time. See the Sacramento Kings. Shout out Puke Walton. I, yeah, Puke Walton. I also think that there's a there's a period of this though of of you you go from go from being braggadocious about that run to well, what are you doing when you make a run? Mm -hmm. Right. Like the Atlanta Braves won their division for 15 straight years. They unfortunately only have one World Series to show from it in that stretch. And a championship's awesome. Should be enough. You, you have a lot of fans that look back to that era and say that wasn't good enough. And that's 15 straight years. They've made it eight straight years in the playoffs and four or five years you're out in the first round. I would not hold my breath on Jody Allen caring about this being a championship team. She just cares if it's a playoff team because she then makes just enough money to feel good about continuing to own this asset and buy time to when she can sell this thing and, and cash in on the expansion money. Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's, that's, <laughs> that's where I'm, I'm landing. Like it's, there's no need to rehash it. Cause we like, we've yeah. we, like that horse is on the ground, just turning to bones around me. I, I yes. beat it so many times. There's nothing left. Yep. And it's just, it's frustrating. And that's the thing. Um, ben Blazer at Blazer Trail. Do you think Dame is feeling better or just playing through it because he wants the wins and is trying to lead this team into being great this year? I think a combination of both. Maybe more intensive targeted therapy on days off to really work towards recovery, but still play. Uh, the last part of it, I, I don't I don't know what they're doing for recovery. I know Dame is a guy who is, spends a lot of time and a lot of money 
on managing his body. So I would imagine um, he's doing all of the things necessary for that. And because it's an abdominal thing, I, th- I think it's probably a situation where um, he's doing everything that he can because it sucks. He's playing. I mean, he's even if he's if we joke about the tortoise shot, but like he's still playing as long as he is with pain. Yeah, it's not he's, going. He's it's not to, going to go yeah. away. No, 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 no. Like strains like that, especially when you continue to play on it, they just largely loom there for a long time, which is the argument of should he sit, should he not for an extended period. Um, but I think we know him by now. He, he's going to play through this stuff. And look, nobody knows his body better. If he can tolerate that pain and still be effective for this team, he's going to continue to do so. Which he has done before. And to the, to the first question, do I think he's feeling better? Yes, I do think that whatever they are doing, he is feeling better. Um, as... My my video evidence in this regard is his his volume of fu threes went from zero to like oh there's those again yeah like because they weren't there and you can, everybody can argue he was fine he was this no no he wasn't no he was not he's he's got his toes on the line on threes for a guy who takes thirty footers regularly he's, yep. he was not okay and whether I know we joke again about the Toradol thing whether that it's that or whatever treatment or they massage something back into place. He doesn't have that deal anymore, so he's it's usually. Oh, did he lose that deal? I, well, I think when it went away with the team, I think his was the same same length. Oh, I, gotcha. I haven't heard the commercials anymore. I'll say that. Maybe the crypto's helping then. Yeah, he's, he's rub, rubbing <laughs> his rubbing the crypto. On the <laughs> I don't know what else you do with it. A little bit of Dogecoin is because what kind of that's what makes it all come together. Um, oh, he's putting an NFT on it, making it feel better. <laughs> um, I he, whatever is going on, he's feeling better. Yeah, and not a. He's not more comfortable in Chauncey's offense. That's not why he's letting 30-footers fly. Uh, it's because he's physically feeling better or mentally feeling better about f- feeling better physically. Whatever it is, over the last three games, what wasn't there before with the burst and the strength has started to show up. I saw yes. him turn the corner a couple times against Philadelphia, and I was like, hey, there's that right-to-left split. I haven't seen that in a while. Got by, and then... He did that that quick up, like you know that he always does, where he goes a step early to get the defender yeah. a little early, and he got when you see him open up like that. That's when it's like ah, because he was he was protected all yeah. the time. He was, every time he was going to lane, he was always protected. When he opened up right there, it was like maybe uh, not quite bothered him quite as much anymore. So uh, whether he's shooting himself up full of drugs or they're using a Theragun on it, I don't care. Just keep it going and take care of yourself. That's that's ultimately where I fall on this. As long as he's not doing, you know, detrimental damage to himself and wearing himself out for the end of the year, do the damn thing, right? Hey, I I just I'm gonna assume even if he has some nights again where he looks like he's struggling, Danny, I just I'm gonna assume that he's not gonna get it to that point. He will not allow it to get to the point where he's creating more pain for himself. I I think he eventually would pull the plug when he needs to. I just think he he knows how much they need him, first of all, and he also knows how much pain he can deal with. So it sucks that he has to play through some pain. We may want him to sit, but without him against the Philadelphia 76ers, you probably don't win that game. And unfortunately, we're still here in that same narrative 10 years into his career. Terrifying that the 76ers are missing half their starting lineup and still without i mean it's like the lakers not being competitive unless lebron's playing in your 19 you're like the dude's in your 19 and you're still like hey we need you or we're terrible please throw on the backpack hop in everybody (laughs) right um 
we'll hit a couple here rapid fire. Connor Strong at ConStrong14. When Nas stands next to Cove, he looks like he's got an inch or two on him. Uh, is he better suited moving forward in his career as a four, maybe even stretch five? Dude's built like a tank and seems like to be as tall as Larry. Not as tall as Cove. Cove's 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, like Cove's, yeah. Cove's in, in the, the longer, taller category. Um, but uh, Nas is not the – I think he's listed at 6'5". He's not 6'5". He's six six, six six seven. Six? He's six 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 seven. So, so we have a weird thing where they're still they're they are not supposed to be lying about their heights anymore. I, they, it, I, they have not updated stuff or something. Like, go on my IG. There's a picture of Nas next to me, and I'm I'm five ten and a half, five eleven, whatever you want to call it. I'm just under six foot, and Nas towers. That ain't just five wow. inches. <laughs> yeah, that ain't five inches, folks. He's like seven eight inches taller than me. If that's uh, five inches, then mine's a lot smaller. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, it's um, Nas is a big dude, and he's yeah. got a, a seven foot plus wingspan. Like he, so he, and he's bulky, so he he looks even bigger than that. Um, but I can see him playing some small ball four again, much like Gerald Wallace. I, I could, especially when he, when Nas hits twenty four, twenty five, and turns into a grown ass man. Like that's gonna be a, a thing. Like I was gonna say, Danny, I wouldn't be shocked if he's still gonna add another five to eight pounds of muscle throughout his career. I he, wouldn't be shocked by that. Talking to him in the offseason, he did cut back weight. Yeah. To to be a little bit more flexible, a little bit more explosive. But when you hit 24-25, you just typically especially as a professional athlete, you typically tend to put on more particularly at the beginning of the season, whether it's baseball, whether it's basketball, football, you hear all these stories about young pitchers in the NFL. Like, oh, I was trying to get lean. And then they realize, like Roger Clemens has talked about this a ton. Um, I Part of the reason why I did the steroids is because it, not only did I get the recovery, but I packed on more strength and it allowed me to be, like eat innings. You hear mm-hmm. quarterbacks you know, go, yeah, no, I got bigger because it allowed me to take a few more hits. Offensive linemen, listen to Joe Thomas talk about playing left tackle for a decade. He's like, yeah, yeah I ate 10,000 calories a day because even though that extra weight wore me down, it allowed me to take on more more physical punishment. Yep. And so guys in the NBA, and Dame has talked about this. Remember when he tried to go vegan? Mm-hmm. He couldn't do it because he, he was getting too light. And he like it was, it was detrimental to him. So... Oof. I felt the same way. I went vegan 11 days. I was like, I, I can't do it. I, I, I commend people that can. I can't do it. I, I, no, nope. Nope. I got to a point where I'm like, I don't, I don't want to eat salad again. <laughs> and this is on me. I didn't properly prepare for going vegan, but I tried it. And I was like, okay, I went 11 days. And I was like, 11 days could be worse. You went 10 days longer than I could have. <laughs> 10 days. Like just, but all in all, can Norm, or Norm, can, God, we have too many guys in names. Nance, Norm, Norm Nas, Nurk. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it all just goes together. But could I see him playing some, some small ball four? Yes. And he already did. Yeah. Does. So could I. Small ball five? That's eh, a bit of a stretch. Yeah. In some weird, like Derek Jones Jr. for the Bulls type energy stuff? Man. Maybe, but yeah. nah. Um, a lot of Neil Olshay comments. So I'm going to kind of group these all together. We've got one from CDM81, one from Jeno uh, at Zach Jennings underscore 91, one from JD at JSCDO. Um, the general question thought process here is, is he staying? Is he going? What moves do you see happening? Um, and then what candidates did you think, do you think that would be re- there for replace? I'll hit the candidates real quick. The, the names okay. that I have heard, Ainge, Danny Ainge, uh, Dennis Lindsay, uh, Chad Buchanan, Tayshawn Prince. 
Those are the names. Angel legitimate candidate, or is that more? We keep bringing that up because he's from here and he's technically not employed by anybody, and we want to believe that homecoming thing. There's like, some he ties did that there. job for a long time. That yeah. job is very. And he was burned out. Yes, he was burned out. That was yeah. the thing, and he's he, barely had a year off. He's suddenly not going to be burned out again. I, I feel like the Ainge stuff is more fodder it's not than like it he's, is <laughs> candidate. You have to make the call. So oh, that, no, that's no, why I'm his not name's on the list. Yeah. I just don't. I don't know if I'm buying that Ainge wants to do it. No, and I think I'm in there in that same boat with you. And when I when I look at it, I go, mm, like, it's not like he's stepping into like a, a zero pressure organization. Oh yeah, by the way, you got to replace the guy who's been here ten years that nobody really liked and had a weird investigation and had a really crappy summer and managed the star player and otherwise you have to completely reset the entire roster, which he might like doing. <laughs> the reset part of it, he might like. Those guys love to do. He that loves things. picks. Yeah. He loves picks. By God, does the man love picks? Um, as far as like what moves could be made, I just throw my hands up. You, you don't know until the moves that need to be made is, you know, CJ. Like that's, that's it's the, the obvious move. elephant in the room. Yeah. And it, it's going to be that way regardless of who takes hold. Uh, but yep. we got to get you out of here. So we will wrap up with that. We thank you all so, 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 so very much if, uh, for questions. If you didn't hear yours, uh, we will get to it on the next mailbag. I've got a couple email ones that are like broader picture stuff uh, that Ooh. didn't make it in. Uh, that Let's I save wanted. those ones. I like those ones. Yes. And, and I figure probably if to the, after the next couple weeks, it would probably be a better idea to address them anyways. Hell, so maybe throw one into the live show. And we could do that. That'd, that'd that's, actually, that's actually a good idea. Let's let's I'll throw a couple of those into the live show because that's um, a, a, a forum where we can go a little bit longer on some stuff for sure. Um, but that'll do it for today. Uh, thank you all so very much. Again, like, rate, review, subscribe. Available wherever you get podcasts. The Jack Ramsey's podcast as part a, of the Blue Wire Network. Uh, and again, if you're watching on YouTube, help us out. Subscribe. It's free. It's easy. Help us grow the channel. We continue to grow and grow and grow and grow. And that is all. Th- all because of you guys. Thank you. Thank you all so very much. Share us with friends. Share us with your family. Play us at Thanksgiving dinner Dinner when there's a really, really awkward moment. That'll, that'll help diffuse the tension, I, I promise you. It won't, but it'll help us grow. Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. Right when your uncle goes, now I'm not racist, but. <laughs> but. <laughs> you hit Jack Ramsey. Just, just hit play. Welcome into the Jack Ramsey's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody, I'll tell you right now, if you get video of you doing this at Thanksgiving, I will Venmo you 20 bucks. There you uh, go. <laughs> well, I saw one of our listeners, Ricky, jamming out last night, and I'm in the background ranting about Nurkic. So he sends me the tweet, and I'm like, I'm dying laughing because I'm like, you hear my stupid voice in the background talking about Nurkic as he's enjoying himself. Listen, love it. Uh, send us all, all of the Jack Ramsey's tangentially related content. We are, we are absolutely here for it. Uh, until Tuesday, we'll, be covering, we'll have you guys covered for the pre- and post-game show. Uh, and that is the... The Nugs. God, it is the Nuggets already. It's the Nugs, baby. Welcome back. Hi-ya-ya. Four games later. Uh, I will be efforting. Uh, I've, I've got a lot of friends that cover the Nuggets, so I'll probably reach out to... Um, one of the guys from DNVR to have them come on or see if we can get Matt Moore HP basketball, which I know everybody both lo- loves and loves him. So that's always a good thing. Um, but we will, uh, we will have somebody for the pregame show uh, until then. We will talk to you all soon. Take care and uh, bye.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.